What do the Bill Barr hearing and the Julian Assange arrest have in common? It's deep, but we're going to dig into it. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6, always trying to cover the biggest stories of the week, but from my libertarian perspective, which puts me outside of the left-right thing, the Republican-Democrat thing, so I can usually pull back the curtain a little bit and see something that you're not hearing about in other outlets. And this week, I, I can't tell you how many requests for comment I got on Assange. So, uh, whose real name was Hawkins. Um, so let's let's break it down. There's a lot there. There's backstory, there's psyop, there's uh, dialectic. But first, I really, I think there are two issues when it comes to Julian Assange, who is the mastermind, founder, orchestrator of WikiLeaks. He was arrested in London this week in a really dramatic show where he was, uh, he was forcibly removed from the Ecuadorian embassy in London by what looks to be seven burly guys. And I don't know if you've ever seen Julian Assange, but he's like six feet tall and 120 pounds. He's like a bird. He was actually... Uh, a Jean Harlow impersonating drag queen, if uh, if that's to be believed. There's a picture of it, and there used to be a lot of articles about it, but that's been pretty well scrubbed. But in any case, you get the idea. Not for sure seven burly British dudes needed to hustle that guy into the paddy wagon. They actually looked like they were they were afraid to break him, which I think is a, a rational fear. So it seemed a bit histrionic, a little bit of a show, and uh, another weird thing about it was, so I, I, if I, I think what I read was that Switzerland said they would take him. So, but Ecuador wanted him out. And I was wondering why they didn't just smuggle him from the Ecuador embassy to the Swiss embassy or whatever. Like, how hard would it be to sneak around? Then I read that the UK government has spent over the years, he was in that Ecuadorian embassy for seven years, they paid $13 million watching it to make sure he didn't get out. So why? You know, he's he went in the dock for the UK. Uh, he faces a maximum of one year in jail because he failed to show up for a subpoena or whatever for to be extradited to Sweden on sex assault charges which no longer exist so i just wonder why london was watching him at taxpayer expense for 13 million pounds for something that was absolutely unimportant and the punishment for which he was imposing upon himself anyway so the whole story is very strange it's a very strange story his backstory is strange so so for me i have my suspicions as to whether his whole narrative that we are led to believe is what we're told it is. So the question is, is he uh, is he a big hero of the people or is he an enemy of the state? And I'm going to pull apart even that question. But there is a real question here about what are the limits of, let's call it free speech, or I actually think the question is, are there limits to government uh, transparency. 
So the real question isn't, is this guy allowed to express his political opinion? The real question is, how much privacy do we uh, do we allow the government as our agents in this united project for mutual self-defense? That's the only government I think we've all consented to. <laughs> uh, I think if we have consented at all, I'm not even saying I certainly am not consenting to this pathocracy, this sick government. And not I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about that we have a conflict of interest with them. They, I believe that this transparency issue is about them wanting to hide information from the public, not because it's in our interest as a legitimate defense uh, function, but that it's in their interest either for what they call American interests abroad, which we have absolutely no right to defend. So it's you, you can't go to another country ask them to dig an oil well, and then when you don't like their laws, bring in the U.S. military. You can't do that. You cannot. We are not permitted to defend the rights of Americans in a sovereign country who should be obeying the sovereign laws any more than we expect people to come to this country and abide by their home country's laws. So they're either trying to protect their the military-industrial complex roving around the world or they're trying to protect their own position here. So if you read the report from Iron Mountain, which I've referred to many times, they talk about the importance of, of keeping the structure intact to keep the hierarchy intact, to protect their own interests. It's very clear it's an us versus them thing. And it seems to me the transparency question is about protecting them from us, not pr- protecting us all from some outside them. So is... So is Assange, is the real question freedom of speech or is the real question government transparency? And this is one of the places where I think Bill Barr's hearing folds into this bigger picture. He spent a lot of time in that hearing. We're going to play clips about it. And then it was rebutted by other people, Brennan, maybe Clapper or kind of pre-butted by Clapper Comey, whatever, that these guys are kind of infighting in this fight to the death of instilling and ensuring integrity in law enforcement. They take different positions, but they're both, they can't say enough about the FBI and its its true purpose. And we're just, there are a lot of rules and it would be shocking, shocking if, if any of those rules have been broken. So let's just, uh, it's uh, investigations everywhere all the time because dagnabbit, these are institutions that are absolutely, should be above suspicion. And they should be above suspicion, but they're not. And it's, uh, I can prove to you that they're in the habit of recording everything all the time. I've got a couple of clips that'll show you that. So, so even the Assange thing, even the Assange story of of all the rules that are followed, the Ecuadorian embassy giving him asylum and the extradition and this and that, it's all by the book. It's all by the book. And that in itself, it makes it look like the rule of law is sacrosanct. But that in itself, to me, is a tell. Because the real guys who are out there causing trouble in the in the way of hacking or using the dark web or whatever... They don't they don't make the news every day. They aren't falling on their swords. They aren't heroes. They aren't getting the PR. I mean, I'll rattle off a few names and you probably haven't heard of any of them. You probably heard of the first one, Aaron Schwartz. 
he hacked into, I believe, MIT and revealed some documents and then killed himself. That's the story. Maybe driven to suicide, maybe suicided. Uh, another guy, similar story, Jonathan James. He hacked into the Pentagon and he was either driven to suicide or committed suicide or was suicided or whatever. Uh, then in England, John Jones, a guy, a Wiki, a WikiLeaks lawyer, supposedly in a mental institution, ran out and got hit by a train. <laughs> Just got hit by a train. That's that. And uh, another guy, David Kelly. This is just stuff that popped up as I was investigating Assange. Really, literally yesterday. David Kelly was a uh, WMD specialist, a weapons specialist, investigating Iraq, uh, I believe, under the Blair government. And he supposedly committed suicide, but then they found that it was not suicide. And then one name that really troubles me. He's still alive. So maybe that's why it's still a haunting story whose name you probably never even heard of is Ross Ulbricht. He was the dark web guy, the new Silk Road guy. He uh, created a neutral platform. He's a hardcore libertarian. He wanted to kind of get outside the system. And he created a neutral platform on which it is alleged uh, drugs were trafficked and people died from drug overdoses. So he, because of that association, because he facilitated that through his neutral website, he got a double life sentence plus 40 years with no possibility of parole. And to, to really put a punctuation mark on how you don't get away with this stuff if they don't want you to, the DEA agent and the Secret Service guy who were uh, investigating in, uh, his case both went to jail, I believe for six years each, for malfeasance in his case, for lying and cheating and not following the rules in his case. And that malfeasance, which would go to the heart of whether or not he was guilty of something that hurt people, was not permitted to be shown to the jury. So that you didn't even hear of this case. <laughs> this guy was the new Silk Road guy. He's in jail. You haven't even heard of it. Why not? And none of these, these stories feel like they were by the book. And those are guys, I think, who were moving the dial or could have moved the dial. But Assange is this big show and we get to have the same thing with Snowden. Let's have the discussion. Let's have the conversation. Well, the conversation is the dialectic. The conversation is right or wrong. There is a problem here. Whether you like this guy, whatever, what's the solution? And in the, in the case of Assange, I think that the problem that we're being shown is this, this, is he, well, here's the thing. There's two, I just twice saw, he did a 2010 TED Talk where the host said, okay, show of hands, show of hands. People's hero or dangerous troublemaker? And then I just, that was yesterday I saw that. And then I just saw on Fox right now on the cover of the, the homepage of Fox News, Assange, innocent journalist or criminal hacker? So there's your dialectic. And what's the real question there the real question is okay we have a problem we need and this is exactly what Assange, what snowden said we need to balance freedom with security and what's the compromise well now that we know you know what churchill said uh, uh anyway now that we know you're a whore let's argue about the price so we're gonna just they they're gonna hash out a compromise but in my mind, the compromise is the Constitution. The Constitution was the compromise. We gave the government 
the power that we had fought so hard to take back. And in return, we got these rights and protections. The compromise has been made. Now we need to hold them to it. So that's what I think the Assange thing is all about. And I guess I already showed my hand, so maybe people don't want to call and tell me what they think. But let's assume he's the right. He is the right guy. It, let's talk about that balance. Is he the innocent journalist, or is he a criminal hacker? Is he the people's hero, or is he a dangerous troublemaker? What do you think of Julian Assange? Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's a man out! A man out! On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We're talking about Julian Assange. Do you have mixed feelings? Do you think that he's clearly a hero, clearly a villain? I, I'm not... Even I have my opinions of him, but I think we actually have to talk about how he's treated and what the issue is because they're going to resolve the issue using him. So I can think he's a CIA operative, but it doesn't matter because the issue remains. 404-872-0750-800 WSB Talk. You tweeted me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Blaine. Blaine, you are on the air with Monica. Hi, Blaine. Hey, Monica. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. Hey, um, you know, I'd just like to give my two cents on Julian Assange. I think it's a really interesting topic, really. I mean, I definitely believe that the line needs to be drawn somewhere between hacking, but also you kind of have to tip your cap at what he's been able to expose. He's not giving away you know, military secrets. He is exposing you know, massive government corruption, in my eyes, people that, you know, we the people have entrusted massive trust into these people and like John Podesta and, and Hillary Clinton. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a follower. I don't know if you are, or if you, even if you've heard of QAnon, but I believe QAnon and Julian Assange are, are connected in some way. And I believe this is really just the tip of the tip of the iceberg. Um, if Julian Assange is, is really allowed to get out what I believe that he has the ability and what, what he really knows. And I think there's a reason why the UK has spent, 13 million pounds in surveilling, making sure he hasn't escaped. And there's a reason why uh, the Internet was shut down at one point at the Ecuadorian embassy to make sure his word didn't get out. I I believe that there's very important information that that he needs to get out on behalf of the American people. And if the governments and the world powers around the world are going to vilify him for that with the news media and propaganda machine, then fine, so be it. But I believe that there's important information that, that the people need to hear that he knows about. I, I would love if that were true, Blaine. I am not saying that it isn't. I don't have that much hope, but I would. If that were true, that would give me a lot of hope, even if he is brought down, that that the individual actor, the hero, the Batman can really make a difference. Let's address that a little bit more after the break. I don't want to get to some more calls. 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. I, we were talking about Julian Assange. Binkley and I have been 
discussing, we have a podcast called The Propaganda Report, which you can find at thepropreport.com or on iTunes. Uh, but we were just discussing during the break, so I was a little distracted, that there was something we talked about in the podcast just this week that is absolutely spot on, in my opinion, for the function that I think Julian Assange um, does serve. But uh, I want to explain to you first a little bit what, what I'm talking about. I think, hold on, so Binkley is my producer here. Hi, Binkley, how are you doing? I'm great, how are you? <laughs> Great. Sorry, I was distracted. People don't realize once we had like a hot mic on the break and people are like, wow, you just keep talking about what you were talking about. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, that is true. But we get caught up. So I don't always care. So so one of the things we were looking at here at the break is the CIA document. What was the CIA document? What's the name of it? The name of it is a research paper called The Deception Maxims, Fact and Folklore. It was published in 1980 by the CIA by their deception research team. Okay. So this is the thing. Like the CIA sounds like the Central Intelligence Agency, but I think their primary job is to run operations of deception. It's not it's not intelligence like intelligence gathering as much as it's disseminating these ideas. So one time I read on the air like a many many page slideshow of this mimetic warfare where they use memes to one of the things they did, which horrified me, was enhance dysfunctional subcultures. So that's great. But uh, so so when we were talking about it over the last week, what I was thinking about why it was folding in is that I think Assange serves two purposes. I think he, I mean, on the, I think that he, the purpose he's serving right now is to create this problem solution synthesis thing that is happening where they want to change policies and they need to make it seem like they're the current policies are not working so we have this problem we want government transparency but we also we want freedom but we also want security and we have to balance that by uh i don't know regulating the internet <laughs> so curating information by the government or a or an independent proxy whatever so but the things but aside from that which is what the here and now for sure but what was wikileaks to start out with uh i think it was a honeypot which does two things it it attracts people to it people who might be whistleblowers, what they'll do is they'll attract people to keep them from going someplace that might reveal all the information. So the WikiLeaks document, if you try to give something to WikiLeaks, they require you to agree that they can keep it. They don't have to reveal it. They don't have to reveal it. So they find you, they get your stuff, they curate it. So they only put stuff out that they don't mind putting out. And so they neutralize you they get you to identify yourself and then they curate the information. So one of the things was they gave a $20,000 reward, offered it to anyone who had Seth Rich information. So Seth Rich was probably a big old psychological operation or, you know, false flag or whatever. Seth Rich was murdered and it probably wasn't what you see is what you get. Maybe he wasn't even murdered. I don't know. But people who know this stuff might want to whistleblow will go to Julian Assange and we I don't I never heard that he paid out that reward but he might have 
in which case he might have sat on the information or some of the information. It's just a way to get it out there, to get it away uh, from the public eye. But it's also a way to get you to believe things that he publishes, Assange, as if it was never meant to be published. If the government released something that said, this is what we think happens to Seth Rich, you would say, yeah, yeah, whatever, I don't trust you. But if Assange releases it, you're going to say, oh, really? Wow. You know? So whatever the story they want, if Assange is controlled, that's how they do it. But I'll tell you, as far as the honeypot function, where they would attract whistleblowers to identify themselves and to curate their materials, that is a function that absolutely has got to exist. The CIA has to have that. There's no no way a security state of our size and importance doesn't have that function to flush out and trap people who would say stuff. That It must. And it must be something, an entity that is well-known enough that all whistleblowers will go to it, or many entities that, uh, that whistleblowers have access to. And it has to have credibility. It has to really feel real to the whistleblowers, people going to jail or people getting protected or whatever. Like, it has to be controversial. It can't be no big deal. Although there is, but, but in reality, I think Cryptome, I think is the name of it, is a real whistleblower site, but it's not on the news every day. It's not being advertised by the mainstream every day. Whistleblowers might not even know that's the legit one. And WikiLeaks is probably the controlled one, just because it's the one that's getting all the advertising. So there is this honeypot function. There is this curation function, slushing out function, suppressing information function. And I think there's also this giving credibility because the mainstream media, the government has so little credibility. This is how they do it. So this thing that we were looking at Last week, it talks about that these that there are techniques, deliberate techniques by the CIA to get people to believe things. They they think about that. They do. And actually, what Binkley did on the on the podcast was zip through like the ten subheadings of this document. I, we don't have time to do that now. I suggest you go to our most recent podcast of the Propaganda Report. But you can give us a little bit of that. And it was from 1981. It was a CIA doc. What what does it say that 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 kind of uh, supports what what I'm thinking is going on here? It says that I believe this is called the monkey paw tactic. A common feature of the successful deception effort is that they were designed to co-opt skepticism by requiring some participation by the victim, either a physical effort in obtaining the evidence or an analytical effort in deducing it. Right. Okay. Now I remember when you were telling me about this, I thought about like Easter eggs. They mm. leave you Easter eggs to find. Mm. They can't just put it out there. Yes. They say that what you have to do is you send over, you leak information, factual information, introducing the facts to the victim so that they will deduce your intentions out of it. And you can't volunteer it. They have to work to get it. So it seems right. like it comes from within them. And then they say there's a delicate balance um, that has to be struck between the obviousness and the subtlety with the attendant twin twin risk that the message will be either misunderstood or dismissed as a plant. This is the art, the essence of um, deception. Wow, that's so that absolutely resonates with me like you would not believe on so many levels. I mean, I even teach my kids. Now I'm going to stop teaching this. Like you really I really find that my inquiry has come to an end. This is actually a terrible bit of advice I'm 
definitely not giving it anymore. But like for a long time, I would I would just really think about things, really think so hard, my head would hurt, and I'd be like, ah, oh, that must be it. And then when I would read like some philosopher or some expose that explained that exact thing, I was like, oh, see. I'm right. I mean, this guy says it, and I, you know, what, what's the likelihood it's it's out there? Like, I always think philosophy should should be taken in retirement, not in college, because by then you you've actually thought these things through, and you can recognize what makes sense, really understand what they're saying. I can't even understand the words on the page, or I couldn't when I was younger. But that can obviously be used against you to the point where. I'm absolutely certain I've seen it happen where you go back, they'll 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 tease that stuff out to you over a period of time. So like the Seth Rich thing, first they plant the story with the funny detail. He got robbed, but nothing was taken. And then it takes a couple of months to say, oh, he worked at the DNC. Oh, and then it takes a couple of months to say, mm, and... You know, he had was seen leaving with a laptop. You know, like, I don't know if those are details of his story, but I'm just saying, like, over time, you're just, you alert to it. You alert to these little details. And that helps them probably control how you make your conclusion. But it absolutely has to be. So it's funny because the Internet has information that is simply not on the other broadcast media. It's not on the radio. It's not on television, except for maybe on this show. But they ha- they talk about, like QAnon, like you're not hearing about that too much on, you know, they, they're not citing QAnon on Fox News. As a matter of fact, when I heard Alex Jones talked about on Bill O'Reilly years ago, I was like, oh, Jones has jumped the shark. Like they're talking about him. And then, oh, and that was right around the time that we talked about Hillary saying uh, people like Alex Jones, <laughs> you know, don't go to the website of Alex Jones, you know, and you're just like, oh, who is this Alex Jones? So they're not doing, you know, they do it a little bit for QAnon, but like, I'm just saying that. And then, but then they use that against you. They use that, that noticing that against you. Right. So that, that then puts Alex Jones in the realm, assuming he's like, serves a similar purpose that puts him in the realm of like kind of low hanging fruit. So for the people who are a little more jaded, you've got to find somebody a little bit behind the scenes. You've got to find, uh, you know, and, it, and what it does is it actually makes it impossible for you to recognize the true ones. Because, I mean, it's just too much noise. That was another thing in it, right, Binkley, that they said put noise out there? Yeah, another one of the maxims is that if there's facts that the target have, if they have facts, then y- what you do is you just flood them with information. You overwhelm them with noise so that the facts they have get buried beneath all the noise. Yeah, and Cass Sunstein in his fav- famous cognitive dissonance essay talks about how to take legitimate websites and insert preposterous things that that will discredit the entire website. So they they obviously use a lot of techniques and this isn't a theory. This is true. This is what they're doing. This is how they do it. I don't want to lose uh, Maurice. He's been on hold, and I'm going to go to some other calls. 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK. I do want to talk about the real issue. Is Assange a hero or a villain? I think that that's going to be the bottom of the... That's really where the rubber hits the road. That's where they're going to start talking about policy. But I want to hear what Maurice has to say. Hi, Maurice. Hey there. Um, I was going to put in a another thought here um if there really is a war against the deep state um maybe there's a division of uh, our different uh surveillance uh groups uh and uh, to follow up with that thought um 
It's my understanding that General Rogers went to Trump and informed him that he was being spied on. General Rogers being the head of the NSA. Um, Is that the admiral? I, Isn't the head of an, the NSA an admiral? Yeah, it's Admiral Rogers. Right. That's right. Uh, but at any rate, um, the point being is that Snowden is a CIA asset and has been all along and was released material to basically destroy uh, the surveillance system of the NSA. So it's a war between the two groups. Hold on, hold um, on, hold on. Hold yeah. On. I'm going to have you hold through the break, Maurice, because this, I got to... Uh, I want to understand what you just said. Can you remember it and tell me again when I yeah. after I come back? Sure. All right. Sure. Uh, 800 WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I am interested in this 3D chess uh, idea that there are competing factions. So I do see conspiracies behind every bush, but it doesn't mean there is only one conspiracy. <laughs> could, could be more than one. Anyway, I want to hear what Maurice has to say. Uh, right after the break, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. I'm not interested in fantasies. I'm interested in reality. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We are back talking about, uh, I started out by talking about Julian Assange, but I'm absolutely dovetailing that with the Bill Barr hearings this week. We're going to get to that in the next hour. Um, I also, at the top of the hour, I want to talk to Bobby. He said, he asked the question, has anyone been killed as a result of Assange's leaks? I want to go back and forth about the importance of that question, but I want to do it in the long segment. Right now, I want to finish up with Maurice, who's been on, who was on before the break, uh, Maurice, can you give me that again in a nutshell, what you were saying about um, Admiral Rogers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, as I was saying, he is reported to have been the one that clued uh, Trump in Trump Tower that he was being spied on there, uh, being the head of NSA. Point being, uh, uh, why I prefaced it that way is that um, uh, from what I'm hearing, uh, there's a war between the two uh, surveillance systems uh, and that Snowden was put out there. He's the CIA asset and he was uh, used by the CIA basically to destroy certain software aspects of uh, the NSA system. Uh, The CIA doesn't have legal rights to surveil the U.S., but I gather that the NSA does. And they don't have a blank check. The NSA has a blank check. The CIA right, has, exactly. has to get their operations approved and funded. Exactly. That's where the drug money comes in. And that's why right. I thought that the CIA was going to be under fire uh, or was going to be weakened when marijuana started to be legal because I believe marijuana is 70% of the drug trade by dollar before it started going legal. And I thought they must have some other way to pay for this now or... They're being phased out in competition with CIA. That could very well be true. I think I got to take a break now. That's what the music means, worries. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, all right. Thanks for hanging on. And um, and I want Bobby. Don't you go away. Uh, this is Monica Perez. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.